You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Friends, fans, and foes, it's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us on the podcast today. And uh, before we get to that podcast, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. you got to hit us up on those social media outlets on the Facebook. We were at uh, we were right there on the Facebook backslash uh, Talking Wrestling. Um, on the Instagram, we are at Talking Wrestling uh, Podcast. Um, that's what we are there. Uh, on Twitter, we are at TNW Pod. Uh, on Spotify, we are Talking Wrestling. Uh, on iTunes, we are Talking Wrestling as well. So rate, review, subscribe, and uh, leave us a five star rating, favorable review. We'll send you a 1984 postcard of a wrestler from 1984. Um, you just give us your five favorite wrestlers from 1984. Or maybe five wrestlers that you knew that were wrestling in 1984. Or just five wrestlers from before your birth, if you're that young listening to the show. Uh, we will get you one of those postcards. And if we don't have one, I will make one up. No, I won't. We will We will get you one of those postcards. We'll do our best. Um, with that said, folks, uh, thank you for joining us today on the pod on Never Sleeps Network. Um, you know, uh, things are great. And we got a great interview for you today. Well, it's not an interview. It's a conversation. You know what it is. Um, it is what it is. And it is right now. Right now on the line with me, I've got a good old friend of mine who I've known since probably about, I would say, 2002 when I moved down to Toronto and started doing comedy down here. This guy was a regular at the Yuck Yucks uh, where, I, where I worked. And uh, he's still a regular uh, comedian on the on the on the Canadian comedy scene, as as I am. And uh, it's great to have him on the show today. Terry Clement, how are you doing, bud? Hey, thank you, Casey. I'm I'm doing good. How are you? Great, great. Um, I've always known that you're a wrestling fan um, because mm -hmm. the first time I saw you perform, you did wrestling bits in your act. So yeah, yeah not only wrestling bits. You had vintage wrestling dolls that you played with on stage. <laughs> yeah, the wrestling doll thing was—it was actually very cool. We had my old uh, my old apartment, Cheryl, my wife and I. We had like a, a china cabinet, and uh, we had relatives that were trying to give us like china and stuff like that. But we never put any of it into the the cabinet. The only thing I ever put in there was rubber wrestling dolls, like the LJN line. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all like the original guys, and I take I pluck a couple out for the act once in a while. But, yeah, yeah, they were around forever. That's great, and it was just like, and it was always funny because uh, I always enjoy seeing it. You, you know, usually you, that joke was maybe second or third joke in your set, and uh, and I, <laughs> I always loved uh, the crowd's reaction of the joke because you know what, wh where's he going to go with this? What's he going to do? And uh, <laughs> and then it's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I did. I did a show once in Calgary, and Bret Hart was there, and yeah. he uh, and I did the bit, and then he came up to me afterwards, and he was like, "At first, he said to me, at first, I was like, why isn't he using a Bret Hart doll?'" And then when I got to the end of the bit, he was like, "Thank God you weren't using a Bret Hart doll." <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, I thought I scared him actually. Now, just just now, people are probably saying, "Why is, did Bret ask that?" Basically, the joke is is Macho Man and, from what I remember, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan are wrestling in the wrestling ring. And then um, circumstances change, and they discover that they have intense feelings for each other. Would you say right. that's accurate? And, and, and sex ensues. I think uh, <laughs> sex ensues and goes on for quite a while, which we used to make people uncomfortable. But the, 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 I guess the real part of that joke was that that's what me and my friends did as a joke with our wrestling dolls all the time. Oh, and yeah. so I couldn't believe how many times, like when I do that bit, people would come up to me afterwards and go, well, I can't believe, like I used to do that when I was a kid. And it, later it became just a thing to piss off homophobes because they would just fucking hate it. 
Yeah. And so then I would do it on per. I would do it longer. Whatever. You know? And then and then and then but, eventually the bit would evolve to where uh, hand lotion is being <laughs> used. Yeah, there was a money shot using hand lotion. Yes. I'd rub that in for a while, and yeah. But I, you know, in the end, it was. Uh, it's funny because I ended up. I know you've done shows with wrestlers too. I did a show with Mick Foley, and I never ended up doing that bit, or I didn't do any any wrestling related bit at all. Actually, when I opened for Foley, I was just kind of like. Deer in headlights. I'll just do it. And well, when I with. I just opened for Dolph Ziggler was the last guy that I worked with, and that was at <laughs> SummerSlam weekend. And I did one joke that was wrestling related um, to the crowd, but it's a quick one and it's a funny one, and uh, it's just basic and it's a true story. Like when Michelle Shaughnessy lived with me, uh, one of her dogs is named Macho Man. He's just a little Chihuahua, and he got and he got out of the backyard, and I had to go looking for him. So I was going through the neighborhood yelling, Macho Man, where are you? Macho Man, come back. And uh, that's that's the true story. Now, I've added to the story a stoner guy on his porch as I walk by him. And he says, dude, that guy's been dead for 10 years. Good luck. You know, <laughs> so it, it's just embarrassing having yet like look for like any entertainer that's dead <laughs> running through your neighborhood. <laughs> so so but it, it got a good response. Um, from the crowd, and uh, and then I just went back into regular material. Um, sometimes when I'm doing these shows, I'll talk about stuff that that's happened on the podcast and stuff like that. And uh, like I remember when I went to do uh, an interview with uh, Ted DiBiase, uh, Jeff McHenry gave me a question to ask. He's like, so the first question I asked was Jeff McHenry's question, and uh, and the question was um, something like. Ted in 1991 for uh, you acquired the services of Nikolai Volkov from Slick for the price of one cent and he goes now uh, all these years later uh, were you happy with the return on your investment <laughs> and Ted DiBiase looked at me and goes this is for real and I was like no it's comedy wrestling show and he was like, oh, and they started laughing. <laughs> and then without hesitation, he said, let me tell you one thing. I got more return off of Nikolai than I ever got from Virgil. And then he laughed. And I was like, that guy's awesome. He's so on. Like, boom, just right there. He just improvised well, I saw Ted, I, When I was a kid, I saw Ted DiBiase at Maple Leaf Gardens. And I saw him because um, I used to go by the where the wrestlers went in and out. You know, yeah. And you could you know, get autographs and meet people, stuff like that. It was you know, it was great. What an awesome place! But uh, DiBiase would stay in character, like total, total kayfabe, total heel the entire time, and it was magnificent. Come out and yell at kids, and it was just great. I love it. Like, I love it when they do when they stay in character. Like uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Kevin Owens was walking back to the back after his match, or maybe he was going to the ring. It didn't matter. But there was a Roman Reigns kid with a Roman Reigns shirt on. And he wanted Kevin Owens' autograph. And Kevin Owens said no and ripped his sign and said, <laughs> you know, you're wearing the wrong shirt. So, and then yeah. he just went to the ring and continued on being the heel that he is. But this made the news because the mother wrote a letter to the WWE saying that he traumatized <sighs> his child. And oh I'm like, God. get the well, fuck dude, out of here. I was hit by Randy Savage when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> what? Which was amazing. Which it was is, a clean, which, which I was is, hit by Savage, so I was at Maple Leaf Gardens, right? My buddy and I had a witness. This is what made this so incredible. So, and I can still remember too. I was waiting at the thing. There was a demo. I think it was Demolition versus Can Am Connection, and I was skipping it because I wanted to go to the the locker room. Yeah. And Elizabeth and Savage came out, and as soon as they came out, Savage saw me and he just like backhanded me, and I went flying into the wall. And then he was gone. How old were you was, at this point? Oh, God, I might have been like 11 or 12. Okay, Very small. okay, okay, cool, cool. Very small, but I was just bang. And, it, like, I mean, it's not like I didn't say he hit me. It was like he swatted me, but I was very little, so I did fly into the wall. And then he's gone, and my friend Paul standing right there saw the whole thing. So then I go back to school the next day, and I'm just like, you know, that episode of South Park where they want to touch him. Yeah. <laughs> to touch it because you know it's like oh my god i can't believe you touched it going touching my chest where savage hit it that it was, is uh, it crazy was great. 
Now, now the difference was my my parents thought that was incredible. <laughs> we were like, "Wow, well, what a what a fun night!" Yeah, we you tried. Know, I to, wasn't traumatized. No, we tried to sneak backstage one time, and all we saw was uh, Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler, drinking him at Labatt Fifty, and as <laughs> and as we saw that, one of my friends who wasn't looking ran into a girl in a wheelchair who just came out from meeting Hulk Hogan. <laughs> And she said, get the fuck out of here, loser. And we uh, we felt like losers. And then, like, so it was so funny because, like, when I was writing my report for my journals and stuff like that on who all won, uh, I put, uh, my friend Jordan was defeated by paraplegic Penny in a one-fall match. <laughs> so uh, it was like, even back then, I had this sense of humor. But uh, it now, I expl- now this is all explains why Macho Man has been raped so many times in your in your set over and over again by Hulk Hogan. Well, I've, I've always... The thing is, is I've loved, I love Savage. Too. Who, like, who, that's the funny yes, part. I, mean, I love Savage. I love Hogan. I'm a big fan of, of that early... That era. I wouldn't say early, even. I, I, when I was a fan of that, of course, you end up becoming a fan of the stuff that even comes before your time. So I like the stuff that even happened before me. But I got into wrestling right around that 80s, I guess... Well, I know. WrestleMania three. So after WrestleMania two, right around that time, I got into it, into the buildup of three, which was a magnificent time yes. to get into wrestling. Like, oh, my God. And Maple Leaf Gardens being where it was, like all these people were talking about, you could go and, you know, they did monthly cards there, man. They sold out a card a month in that place. I, I'm, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous that I oh. that I lived in Ottawa. Hey, I saw, I'll tell you another good one, man. The, one of the ones that always stuck me with me was Junkyard Dog. So he's there. And we're all waiting for autographs and stuff, and he comes out, and there's all these kids, and they kind of swarm him, and this security guard is there, and Junkyard Dog is telling the kids, I'm sorry, everybody, I got to go, I got to go, I'm late, I'm late. And all these kids are going, no, 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 he's going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the security guard grabs a little kid and pushed the kid out of the way, I guess, and, and then Junkyard Dog grabbed the guy by the throat. Oh, wow. And pushed him up against the wall, and this goes, no. And then stopped, turned around, and started signing autographs and all the rest of it. Oh wow, that's crazy. crazy! Yeah, that was like that. I remember that and watching like uh, Ron Bass break hair. <laughs> like Ron Bass came out one night and was like just completely, totally healed, and until he gets right into his bus, and then as he drove away, he broke and smiled and waved everybody, and all the kids cheered. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so. I remember Ron Bass. He uh, when he first came in. It was the first time they I, that I remember where they edited or they censored uh, the t- the blood on the television because mm-hmm. he took his spur and he cut up Brutus Beefcake's forehead and uh, and I remember they put a big axe across the screen and I was like what the fuck is this because I'm turning yeah. to the French Channel a half an hour later and they have Abdullah the Butcher versus Bruiser Brody and there's no fucking axe <laughs> in that. <laughs> licking the blood off the mat in that one. <laughs> exactly and it's you know and it's so it was such a great contrast but um but yeah i do remember like i don't remember how like now i do remember loaning you my best of wwe collection which oh yes which i'm i, totally, I can tell you something about that too well yeah go ahead okay so this is what i got from that and so growing up with wrestling you have your certain people that you love. Like, from, for instance, me, my favorite wrestler, hands down, still is probably is Jake the Snake Roberts. Just mm-hmm. totally loved him. Who, uh, let and me just say uh, right now, stop this one for a second. Yep. Jake the Snake Roberts will be playing uh, October 20th at the Yuck Yucks in Ottawa. Uh, call, call the 236-5244. I think that's the number. It's uh, 236-YUCKS. Call that number and get your tickets to see Jake the Snake Roberts in the Dirty Deeds Done Jake Cheap. Or I don't know what the tour is called, but Jake the Snake <laughs> is going to be in Ottawa, and he is going to be touring. So check your local listings and your local comedy clubs to see if Jake Snakes will be there. Now, sorry, back yeah. to you, Terry. Promo promo king and just everything. I, I loved everything about him. Um, but what I found interesting was when I watched those tapes, it was Bob Orton that blew my mind like I had my I guess my original time going through it when I was young I kind of ignored Bob Orton and I didn't quite notice how good he was no he was like because <laughs> he was always second fiddle to Piper 
Right. And then you watch the tapes and you're like, oh, man, this guy is just great. I mean, everything from the stupid cast and like, you know, never the, the cast never heals and just, you know, the broken arm that never heals and all this stuff. It's just very funny. And he himself was a great wrestler. But that's what I took from that was that when you go back, when you get older, you can look back on wrestling and there's things you didn't notice uh, mm. because of your age, whatever, or you were paying attention to other stuff at the time. So it is one of those things you can look back at retroactively and actually maybe pull something out of it that you didn't see the first time, which is totally fucking rare. Most movies, you watch them two, three times, you're done. But this thing, like you can go back 20 years and you go, oh shit. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> never noticed that. Like especially if you, if you, you know, you, when we got watched, like I watched, started picking, watching wrestling right before WrestleMania one, but those three mm-hmm. years of WrestleMania one to three, those are kind of the golden years, I think of. Of of Hulkamania, as well as yeah. as well as the WWE or the WWF's rise to world dominance. Um, now, with like, do you remember like uh, like okay, how was I gonna say? What was I gonna say? This I can't even remember. What I was, I lost my. <laughs> I, but the thing is, is like, oh yeah, like so when we when I started watching wrestling, I got the Andre the Giant that was of that era. And then I watched his yeah. later half of like his like really from eighty three to 93 you watched that was the last 10 years of andre's career so it's great when you have those best of the wwe tapes because they have all the old footage too on them and you can go back and watch andre in these dark in these battle royals or in in a six-man tag match and you can see how agile he actually was and how strong he was you know totally ferocious version of it but you have to give i guess this is part of the thing that i find interesting about wrestling in particular is that andre seemed so menacing at wrestlemania 3 and the poor guy pretty much needed to hold himself up with the ropes yeah you know it was like this that's the part that was very cool about it to me was that it doesn't and that's a great the great thing about wrestling is that you can do this stuff where you have somebody like very big that can lose say to a Rey mysterio who really good chance in real life would just get crushed Mm-hmm. But you can completely suspend it. And someone like Andre the Giant, who was once this gig- like horribly ferocious thing, yes. now we got him, when we got him, they still made him scary as shit, which is, uh, you know, to all their credit. Like, that's the thing that's always stuck with me is the illusion of that stuff. Like, Andre is one of the best examples of that, where I, I, when I was a kid, I thought Andre the Giant was the scariest wrestler in the world. Yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> first got into it and if i had seen what andre was like when he was younger i would have been really scared yeah it, it's absolutely crazy bruiser... no we and didn't get bruiser, bruiser brody. brody up here really oh what a like oh when you watch the bruiser brody stuff you're like man he would have been it would have been such a fun thing to watch him roar through yeah the closest <laughs> thing wwe ever did to that was they brought in uh john nord john nord the barbarian yeah, the and they made him berserker but who is just a bruiser brody ripoff but that was the great yep. thing about growing up in Ottawa was we got Montreal wrestling on CHRO and French television. So it was affiliated with the AWA and I would get all these matches and, and they and they had Bruiser Brody come through there as the Road Warriors, so many great wrestlers. Can Am Connection, that's where they actually started, was up there in Montreal uh well, together. Yeah. And I loved Ricky uh, I well, I'm I'm a huge Rick Martel fan. Uh yeah, Jeff, Rick Martel's great. Thank you. Jeff McHenry constantly makes fun of me. For being a no, huge no, I loved fan. him back when he was like. If you look back at the AWA stuff, he was yeah, you know, back in his AWA stuff is great too. When like, he was I the like, champ, I, he was the best. Like he was the best in the AWA. Like, and his matches with with Bockwinkle or with Jumbo Turistra, or there's yep. so many uh, great wrestlers that he's wrestled throughout that at that time. And he was only like for maybe just less than two years, but you know, like this is the best that they had to offer, and I thought he was fantastic. Oh yeah, I agree. And he lost I'm to Stan on, Hansen. He, he lost to Stan Hansen. So how uh, you know that's that's believable? Yeah. You know that's uh, yeah. a pretty boy should not beat up Stan Hansen because <laughs> Stan Hansen is Stan Hansen. Now, now, uh, now it's funny. And thank you for giving those tapes back. And you know what the funny thing is about those tapes is, I found like when video stores started going out of business, there was a place in Renfrew, Ontario, that was a video store tape liquidator. So all the tapes would go there, and then one day I went there, and they had all those tapes there, and they were all $2 each. So I bought 
all of like I went up with seventeen bubble wrap VHS cassettes, and the girls like you're the biggest fucking loser I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> and I'm like you know seventeen years old at the time, but I was so like to me that was like a heist. I was like, are you fucking oh, yeah. kidding me? And and I treasure those bubble those cassettes. I still watch them. I still have a VCR. And well, they were absolutely great. The Coliseum video era is, you know, it's, it's an it's, amazing. But it's pre-internet. That's the thing that people just wouldn't get. It's like this is how you got to see this stuff. Well, not only like, we had a rental. Store. Yeah, go no, go on, go on. Sorry. No, I'm just saying we had a rental store near my place that carried all of these things. So once you got into like I got into wrestling around WrestleMania three, but then from there I could go back and rent all of the Coliseum video stuff, all that stuff. It was, up with it. yes, it was like one tape was released. It got to the point where a tape was released a month. Every month there was a new tape of something. And those tape, because like we didn't see WrestleMania 3 when WrestleMania 3 happened. We, seen it, we yeah, saw yeah, it when it came out. Yeah, we just saw it when it came out. The first WrestleMania I saw when it actually happened was WrestleMania, I think WrestleMania 6 was the first one I saw at my buddy Jason Sperry's house. Because he had a satellite right. dish, and then after that, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I saw them. Mostly every other WrestleMania, I usually saw it when it happened. But like, yeah, having to wait three months for a WrestleMania tape to come out, oh my god! But you know, like, and the thing with the Coliseum videos are, you know, yeah, they're all available on the network, but they're edited. Like there are, yeah, yeah, they're like, for example, in the Hulkamania uh, cassette. They took out the Dr. D. David Schultz match, which is the best match on the Hulkamania yeah. cassette. Um, they also changed the music to the Coliseum video song, um, which really bothers me. Like when we watch them on the network, uh, I have to queue up the song on my YouTube and play it out loud. So it, it goes <laughs> right, like it goes with the actual song and it fits perfect. Because it's supposed to be there, so I just turn down their volume and then I turn up their this volume, and the, it's a whole p hassle. But regardless, you know it's that. Um, now you strayed away from wrestling and you recently got back into it. Like what? Now what made you stray, and what brought you back? Well, I guess I'm trying to think of when it was I disappeared. So I got into wrestling super heavy around uh, like the WrestleMania three. I started, I started drifting. I'm trying to think of after ten. I disappeared for a while, and then I came back around the time of the Undertaker. Mm -hmm. Then I got in. Then I got in heavy. Then that was it was ridiculous. That's all I. That's all I pretty much did was study after mags and you know read the 500. I know every wrestler in the PAWI 500. You could go through the roll call of champions. I could tell you who was like the you know. You know the Pacific Southwest champ and all this crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, there was one of those magazines that on the last page they always listed the champs, but they had a super extensive list that was like every yeah. indie promotion at the time. And oh, I loved it. I loved, yeah, I loved it too because it had it had the Stampede listings in there and who's the Canadian champ mm -hmm. and who's this champ and who's the yep. New Brunswick champ. And it was just like every, and it was like a, a hundred different titles. It was that last page and I loved that page. And there was, I don't know if I, I don't know which one it is, but I'm gonna research this when I get back to my archives. But you know, it's either the wrestler or wrestling, or it's not PWI. I know that for sure, and I don't think it's the wrestler either. So I'm gonna say it's Victory Sports Series Wrestling, but I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, I did love that list, and I loved I loved all those lists. So, anyways, you um, so yeah, I got all that, and I you know go through the whole Monday Night Wars and ECW and. Like, I got to see ECW. They only did one real Canadian show, and it happened in Mississauga. Believe it or not, it happened in Mississauga. And I was at that, and that was absolutely great. Rob Van Dam versus uh, D.W. Anderson, which was great. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, that great era. So everything's good. And then when I got into comedy, there was a, a rough period of time where, I guess around 2000, maybe in two to three, somewhere around there, I dipped out. Because China, from what I understand, China went to New Japan in 2002. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't aware of that. So by that point, I've kind of dipped out. 
and I stayed out. And then every once in a while, I'd poke my head in and see what was going on, and I was really not in all. Like, I'd watch WWE and just go, eh. I'd stay kind of current. I'd look things up once in a while to see who was winning. But, like, for instance, I didn't watch pretty much any of the CM Punk era. No. Which is, so that whole time just didn't even really exist at all for me. And then I guess just recently I started watching, well, not recently, I would say maybe about two years ago, I started going into Ring of Honor again. Mm-hmm. Watching it, love that. <laughs> and then every time they'd have like a pre, they they do like a thing on cable where they'd show like you know a SmackDown or a Raw, and I'd watch it and I'd hate it, so I didn't even care. And then I don't know what happened, but I started watching when I started watching the Raw on a, a more of a regular basis. Uh, that's when it started. Just to, people started. To, it was more the people, like the wrestlers, that started clicking with me. Yeah, not so much WWE's storylines or any of that stuff, but there's all these people that I've missed. Like, you know, I didn't watch Prince Devitt turn into Finn Balor. I, I missed all that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and now I'm looking back on it going, ah, I wish I had to paid attention because there was all this great stuff bubbling underneath. But now it seems like it's bubbling to the surface. So if someone like myself gets pulled back in, you, you see major differences, like uh, females in wrestling now. I mean, my God. If compared to what it was like when I was watching it, when I last dipped off, it has changed so much for the good. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, if they didn't give the main event to, to Becky Lynch, whom I'm not a big fan of, by the way. No, that's, I'm, that, I, I'm, I like her, but I'm not, I'm not a huge fan either. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I prefer, I'm more of a Charlotte uh, Flair fan, personally. Uh, me too. I, the, I'm a Charlotte um, Flair fan. Oh, yeah, I love her. I think she's absolutely hilarious and great wrestler. And like, that's the good part about this is that now the women are a, a complete on par entity. Whereas if you watch like stuff like new Japan, there's like, I, I'm watching new Japan like crazy, which I love. And the weird part about it is that there's just no women. No, there's none like the, like the and there are a lot of great Japanese women wrestlers, but there's they're tons. not featured. They're not featured in new Japan. They're, just, you, you I know. don't know why. They just you see, like look at WWE right now. Just even going through like Oscar and Aya Sheree and all this, they're wicked. Yeah, the the like yeah, I think the women's wrestling in the WWE is just phenomenal. I just wish it would have um, better booking. I, and I also <laughs> wish Ronda Rousey would come back um, yep. because you know Ronda Rousey is, and I've said it time and time again, uh, she's like on par with like or it could be on par with like the rock when he was in wrestling because she's a crossover wrestler she's a crossover star she's somebody that can main event pay-per-views and and she's believable because she's actually been in the ufc and she's the greatest woman fighter in the ufc of all time so she's we know she's the real deal now also that though too casey she probably you could argue who had a better rookie year you know, Ronda Rousey or Kurt Angle. Well, I a lot of say- people think Kurt Angle had a killer, you know, because it was. But I mean, Ronda Rousey's debut year basically flips into her like main eventing WrestleMania. It, it started with her co-main eventing WrestleMania to leaving yep. at main eventing WrestleMania, while main eventing SummerSlam and main eventing Survivor Series or Cole co-main eventing. Like she, yeah. she is, and not only that. She's the type of person that you could take out of the ring and put her on Jimmy Fallon and J- Jimmy Kimmel, and you can put her on, uh, and then you can put her on the morning shows, and then you can put her on kids shows, and you know, and you can put her on, you know, whatever else because she's that adaptable of a star. And yeah, and, and there's not a lot of like they didn't use her a lot. Like she's only been out, like she wrestled for like a year. Yeah. Right. So you got to think there's all these rivalries that you can like right off the top of your head right now. You know, Sasha Baylor, uh, what you call it? The there's everybody. There's so many. There's <laughs> so many versus Ronda Rousey. Oh my God. Well, like, where do you want to start? Shayna Brazler right. is where I want to start. Like, of you, like course, she's the most obvious. There is the four horsewomen of UFC, and there are the four yep. horsewomen of WWE, and so why not have? You know, that would be a great Survivor Series match because the four horsewomen of the WWE are already up on the main roster, whereas the other three of the UFC are all in NXT. 
and then Ronda's retired or just on hiatus. She's under three year contract, so she's she's still on getting paid. But um, right. you know, but the thing is, it's like it's just it's really good. Like they're really like and the and the wrestlers look good. Like iconics, they're so entertaining as a tag team, and I just you know I just think the women's wrestling. A lot of times, like when I went to SummerSlam, uh, no, Survivor Series, last year in November, I think it was in L.A., uh, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte was the main event. And uh, it, it was just as good as the main event, which was Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar. So, right. yeah, I thought both of them were just fantastic equal matches. Uh, but that's just because I love Charlotte. Uh, now, you're super into new japan you watched uh the g1 this entire summer did you did you even watch the tag matches yes i watched everything of the g1 it was absolutely wonderful it's it's so i've never seen one before and i couldn't believe how great it was yeah because every wrestler wrestles every wrestler and it's every wrestler wrestles every wrestler once you get two points if you win one one point if you tie no points you lose and then every match is kind of like previewed by a, a tag team match for the in the previous day. So it's like you're going to fight the person tomorrow night. You'd be in a tag match against them the night before. Mm-hmm. And it sets up storyline rivalries real quick. But then there's like longer... The way they did storylines in it were more... It's much more subtle than like the North American storylines where, for instance, in this one, Tanahashi, he's very... Like in this tournament it seemed like Tanahashi was getting older and this was like kind of like him coming to grips with the fact that he was losing his place yeah and it became it almost became it was this like incredibly touching storyline where they didn't make it obvious at all it's like it took a a little while a couple losses before you started to realize like holy shit this guy's like passing the torch to people here yeah and he's the John Cena of Japan basically yeah and it, it was really really uh just an emotional and exciting thing. And then, of course, they end up, after Tanahashi's gone, I mean, he just won the the RevPro title off of uh, Zack Sabre Jr., who's absolutely fucking great, too. Oh, he just, uh, the way, you know what? He, I, uh, <laughs> that's, that's me talking about Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> it's just, it's, 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 first of all, he's so smarmy. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just... Yeah, and, and, and just, like, you put him in a move, and he just steps out of it. I'm like, who are you, the fucking rubber man? Like, come on. It's amazing. He'll throw a PK kick at someone and then throw his arms up in the air, and it's so arrogant. And I love when he loses and he takes temper tantrums. Yeah, he's fantastic. Oh. And the best match I've ever seen him in, uh, I went to PWG uh, a couple of years ago and in uh, Reseda and uh, got to see him versus Walter. Didn't know who Walter was. And uh, <laughs> that was my introduction to Walter. And uh, Zack Sabres Jr.'s chest that night looked like uh, ground beef. Uh, it just looked horrible. And it was it was one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. I loved it. So, yeah. But this the wrestling, I love the sports aspect that Japan puts, like, treats it like a sport. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. And, and I like that that's what AEW is going to bring to their product as well. Like, they're taking that from Japan, which is fantastic. But yet they're going to still have storylines that are very similar to WWE's theatrical storylines as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all works out. Because I don't. Did you end up watching the last uh, AEW? Oh history? yes, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. So like, like, I did too. And but like every think? well, okay. So I'm I like AEW because I I love Chris Jericho and I and I like the yeah. Bucks and I like Kenny Omega and I like all that crew. I like all their guys and then. I like that they've kind of, you know, they've kind of taken the best of the indies uh, before Hunter, that, that Hunter is maybe overlooked. Um, yeah. Because that's what, like, hunt, I, indie wrestling to some people means independent wrestling organizations, but indie wrestling to Hunter means he goes in like an archaeologist, he finds different wrestlers, and then he brings them back to NXT and claims that he discovered them. Like Indiana Jones, you know? <laughs> So he that's what Hunter thinks indie wrestling is. Yeah, I like I, I I just found Adam Cole. No you didn't. He's been wrestling for years. Like these stop right. these people stop calling it development. Th- these people okay, Velveteen Dream was development. But uh Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, uh uh, uh, uh Tommaso Ciampa, 
these guys are not developed. You know, these are proven wrestlers. NXT well, has always Shinsuke been Nakamura, like, you know, yeah, he exactly. wouldn't have had any career if it wasn't for Triple H. <laughs> Shinsuke you doesn't know, even come on, man. Shinsuke is is I obviously think like people are like, I wish Shinsuke would just go to Japan. I'm like, if you look at his Instagram, he's plenty happy where he is because oh, it's just it, apparently. it's just him surfing and smoking cigarettes and hanging out, <laughs> and he just likes the life that he's afforded over here because he's making so much money with the WWE. And he doesn't work a crazy schedule, I don't think. Like, there are so many guys. Like, WWE can start giving people months off at a time. Like, because their roster is so huge. But last night, or this morning, Kevin Owens sent out a cryptid tweet of three numbers. But those numbers equate to the letters NXT. Yeah, NXT. So, it looks like he's going to go back down to NXT. And Adam Cole is one of his best friends. So, this is going to be very interesting to see. What's going to happen on NXT? But the thing is, AEW, every show that I've watched, they have not been... I, I honestly do not think those shows have been better than TakeOvers. I think NXT TakeOvers are usually the best pay-per-views when they happen. Like, when I see them, yeah, I'm yeah, like, I, this is a great pay-per-view. Four matches. I was thinking about that. I was, my thought about this was that um, without having the benefit of television... Like, AEW will have that benefit very shortly when it goes to TNT. But without having the benefit of television to actually, like, drive storylines forward, it actually it's, it ends up being strange because these, this pay-per-view had all these matches, but even they just seemed kind of cobbled together. Even though they could go on, you know, YouTube and be in the elite and push things that way, it didn't have the same as, like, a WWE show where mm-hmm. they have actually kind of geared towards these matches. So, like... Something like Kenny Omega versus Pac, I mean, there's no build-up for this. You know, no. John Moxley pulls out, and they put him in. Now, everyone who knows who Pac is, oh, this is going to be great. But if you have wrestling fans who don't know who some of these guys are, then there's no there's no storyline push. There's no way of knowing. And I think, you know, they're right now, they might. this might be a good way of actually seeing who to look at. Like, Luchasaurus, that guy, if you watch the pay-per-view over again, that guy is over with the crowd, like, beyond belief. Well, him and every time he's in the ring, it's it's well that trio is over yeah. like over like Flint, and the thing is, is like you know I love it that I uh, I saw I I never seen Luchasaurus wrestle live, but um, last time I was down in L.A., I went to one of Joey Janela's cards, and um, and both Jungle Boy and Marty Stunt were both on the show. Uh, Marty Stunt actually broke his leg like on the show. He got back body dropped off the platform I was sitting on and I heard his legs oh, it was disgusting but then they had to they didn't they couldn't get a stretcher through to him so they had to, they carried him out on a door and uh <laughs> like on a on a broken like on a this place instead of using tables to put people through it's a lot cheaper apparently to buy just like doors <laughs> cheap doors and put people through doors so you know uh do you, you know then Dilo Brown was on the card and uh he never went through a door but anyway, um, but yeah, so so yeah, so I just I like I I'm, I like New Japan. Um, I wish that yeah they don't have women's wrestling, but then you know what AEW they're pretty set on building the best women's roster that they have that they that they can. But I don't think right now there's not a better roster than what the WWE has. Yeah, well, that's the problem is that. You, you watch the AEW women's division, and it doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut star person that's popped out of that yet. Except for Awesome Where, Kong. That's right, but they don't, like, when they when she's out there, it's, it's not like, I don't know, it's not the same thing as what's going on, say, with Sasha Banks and all this. Now, that will change with television, I'm sure. Like, this is the problem. Once we can get storylines going in, even, like, a little bit, it'll help. Yeah. That Battle Royal, like, I watched it, and I was like, you know, it's the same thing. I didn't like the other, the um, the Battle Royal that Hangman Page won. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, the best part of that was Orange Cassidy coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, eh. And I love Battle Royals, but it was the thing about it is that I think with the I'm reserving judgment until I, the, te- the television stuff happens. Because I do love the wrestling part. Like, certain parts of the, the show was just absolutely wonderful. And but I'm I agree with you. It's like the NXT stuff. You get that wonderful wrestling, but you also get the storyline development. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe that'll that'll change once the TV starts. And I'm hoping because my God, I, I 
I don't like the idea of people picking sides between the two things. It's like well, I that's want the thing. Both is like, of these things to work. Well, that's the great thing. CM Punk said it. I've been saying it all along. There's, you know, like there's look at nobody's making you choose anything. Like they're, they look at they're going to build it up like it's the Monday Night Wars because that's yep. what they need to do because they need and to create fun. hype. But the fact is, is you know what is. I already watch all the wrestling that's out there anyways. So like, there's no, like there's no, you watch what you want to watch. And up in Canada, yep. we don't even know where we're going to get TNT or we, we, we don't have that in Canada. So yeah, I know. where are we going to get AEW? We're just going to stream it off of fucking pirate sites. That's what we're going to do. Yep. You know? Um, so, so, and I'm, and I'm content with that. Sorry. I know I'm an artist and I should not be saying that, but uh, but I grew up in a family where, uh, an illegal cable box was an asset, you know, like, how do you think I got to see all these WrestleManias on time? You know, you know, right. They're like, are you just saying you never paid for WrestleMania? Fuck no. <laughs> but next year will be my first when I actually go to it. So, um, I've well, never... remember in the not, uh, can you remember like the ECW days there, at one point it, to buy pay-per-views and I was, believe it or not, it was. Like, you had WWE, you had WCW, and you had ECW pretty much every month. Yeah, after a while, and yeah. And the pay-per-views were super expensive, too. They were like 30 or 40 bucks. Yeah, well, it, well, ECW would be like sometimes like $18 for November to Remember or something like that, which would yeah. be like, well, I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. But the other ones were like, ECW. yeah, sold out versus uh, King of the Ring or sold out versus In Your House, you know. Um yeah, it's crazy. And uh, if I didn't have a box, <laughs> my God, I can't even tell you. I can't tell you how many. My box was kind of fuzzy. Now that sounds really taken out of context. That sounds pretty <laughs> dirty. But uh, I like. I don't mind a box a, there. But the thing is, is I've never mind a fuzzy box. Um, you know, and and I've I've watched so many WrestleManias where there's like a static over the thing because it's <laughs> and I'm like, look at this is the best I got. You know. So it's like you can't even make it their facials. I'm like, ah, who needs the facials when you got a fuzzy box? So, but anyways, um, that's crazy. Now, um, are you? Uh, did you take any any wrestling over the summer, or have you been out to any live shows? I haven't gone to a live show in years. See, uh, now I think the last time I went, I saw like basically, I think a house card. I think I saw a house card in Barry, <laughs> <or something. laughs> ten years ago or something. Really, just a pop my head back in and see it. It was lots of fun, but I didn't really know what was going on. I wasn't as coherent about the stuff. As I, I think what been. would be ideal for you is a Greek town wrestling that Simon, uh, Simon Rakoff, myself, Dave Martin, were regulars there. And, uh, and the owner seems to have a passion for ECW and he brings in ECW veterans all the time. Uh, in the past I've seen, um, I saw Rhino on the last card there uh, the previous card to that, he had Sabu there, who and Sabu in versus Channing. De it's Channing Decker's the guy that brings all these in. He's the the booker of the of the promotion, and and so his match versus Sabu was just fucking insane. And before that, uh, it was the, he had uh, Tommy Dreamer versus Tajiri versus RJ City versus Channing Decker. Uh, so so like I've I've only been to like the last four shows. But every show, there's a oh he's brought in the Blue Mini as well, and um, yeah he always brings in ECW guys. I think a lot of them, a lot of it's because they're from some of them are from Detroit and the area. But um, I just you can tell ECW is a heavy influence on him as as most of his shows have shows do have hardcore aspects to them. So um, the next ECW, I mean the next uh, Greek Town show, is called uh, I think it's called deuces and uh i think that's what it is I, I, but it's it's a big deal because uh sunny kiss who is a, a who is a chin lock, oh. is now with AEW, and sunny yep. kiss will be coming back and greek town was where sunny kiss was a wrestler uh for you know for a large part uh of sunny kiss's career and uh now the fans will get the chance to say goodbye because sunny's going off to ecw but I don't know, like, you know, it, it'll be interesting once they start touring and uh, and seeing what's happening because these guys still sort of wrestle indies. Um, like recently in Ottawa, uh, just last month, before before the right. show, 
Cody Rhodes was wrestling on a C4 card here in Ottawa, where I am right now, and um, and MJF also came up with him. So as him and MJF were in Ottawa, uh, they were cutting a promo, and then all of a sudden, guess who comes out unexpected, unannounced? Sean Spears. And then <laughs> Sean Spears comes in and does a run-in and gets the best of Cody and MJF, and that's leading into All Out, you know, and it's just great. I'm like, fuck, the fact that they put this angle on in Ottawa, and then, you know, it, it's fantastic. I absolutely love it, but you'd have to watch it through the YouTube thing. And speaking of right. things that have happened in Ottawa, um, this is yesterday, or, well, September 9th was the anniversary, I think the 28th year anniversary of Ric Flair's entrance into the WWE. And uh, that happened in <laughs> Ottawa. And uh, I was there. That would have been, hey, hey, so correct me if I'm wrong. In that match, he beat Hogan by like a disqualification or a countout. No, there, was, there wasn't even a match. The match didn't happen. He, uh. he, he was walking to the ring. He had the belt. And he looked over. And there was the commentary team of Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, and Vince McMahon. And he went up to Piper, and he was lipping Piper. And he said, take a look at the real-world title, Piper. Take a look at it. And then he smacked Piper in the head with it. And then he beat the shit out of Piper. And Macho Man couldn't do anything because he was suspended, and he wasn't allowed to be in contact with wrestlers, so he was useless. And then at some point, uh, Vince McMahon took a chair across the back, which was the first bump that he'd ever taken in his WWE history. And that was a monumental moment in Ric Flair's career, as well as wrestling in WWE in general. And I was well, I'll tell you, man, very lucky when to be Flair there. Came, that year, you super were. I mean, that for me, when Flair came to the WWE, I remember, uh, I think it was on Superstars, WWF Superstars, and it was Bobby Heenan, and he was cutting a promo about With the title. basically... Yeah, and at the very end, it, it keeps pulling out until eventually you see the NWA world title. <laughs> That's how we knew it, of course. Yeah. And he's like, you know, the real world champion, Ric Flair. And I'm just, as soon as he said it, I nearly shit because I... For me, Flair was a magazine hero. Yes. You know, I'd only seen such a tiny little bit of footage of Flair. Everything else, it was just me reading about the guy forever and ever. And so him coming, and I mean, my God, that Royal Rumble that he that he wins. It's the best Rumble ever. Oh, it is so good, and there's so many, like, so many funny parts in it, so many great parts. But I'll tell you, I used to tape everything. So I used to tape every pay-per-view, and then I would tape all the TV shows as well. Mm-hmm. And so when they did that Royal Rumble, Flair, of course, is um, at the very end, uh, Hulk Hogan gets thrown out by Sid Justice. Sid Justice is yelling at Hogan, hey, sorry, big boy, it's every man for yourself. The commentary at the time was like Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, and, and even Gorilla Monsoon or wherever was like, uh, you know, hey, it's a, you know, it's a Royal Rumble, every man for himself, blah, 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 blah. Then Hogan, of course, grabs Sid. Flair jumps, eliminates Sid, and wins the damn thing. Yeah. Place goes nuts. But if you watch the replay on television, just that very week, next week, of course, the, the color commentary was completely altered. So that when Sid Justice came and eliminated Hogan, instead of Gorilla saying, well, you know, it's a, it's a battle royal every, or a royal rumble, it's every man for himself. It's like, Sid Justice just snuck up behind Hogan like a thief in the night. Yeah. So you, that was my first. That was the first time I was able to catch the WWF altering the commentary after the fact, or just which, altering the history. Right. Which is them also trying to push a storyline that didn't happen. It's like when you watch that um, the uh, the Snake Pit where Jake the Snake Roberts DDTs Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see that. You see, you see them start to get into a confrontation, and then it cuts. Yeah, but you know, in real life, he DDTs Hulk Hogan, and the crowd starts cheering for Jake the Snake, not Hogan. Yeah, it, it, you know, here's here's another here's a couple more. Um, it's like uh, you know what I the, 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 and then you're like, did these things really happen? You remember them <laughs> happening, but the WWE doesn't recognize them. This is there. This you know what this is called? It's the Macho Mandela effect. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, and I've discussed this on the show before. The Rougeos won the tag team titles off the Hard Foundation yes, they, in Boston. They just ignored it. And they just, and, right? and they, well, they played it up on the French channel, 
on the because I used to watch the French WWE channel as well. And because the match, I don't care. I'll learn fucking French to listen to wrestling matches. Like, I'm watching the matches. I'm not listening to commentary. So, but they would talk about the Rougeos winning the belts and everything and interview them. <laughs> they had the belts. But then on, on the English WWE channel, nothing. And, wow. and uh, you know, so, and now, you know, I, when I had Jimmy Hart on the show, I'm like, did, you know, I, we talked about that, you know, because I, and, and uh, there are, there are so many other moments like that where the WWE is, glossed over or changed history or the way well, they've from, done it and uh yeah it's like the i feel like i'm kiss is the same way with their history they they well, i'm thinking uh, bob backland did he not drop he dropped the title in japan and then regained it while he, like while he was there mm. and then they just never acknowledged that it happened well that so happened all, like, that the, happened all the time it's the same with hogan yeah and that's just awful hogan 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 um, or Hogan won the IWGP title. Like usually, the champ yeah. went over and dropped the title to Inoki, and then won it back a week later, just so Inoki could have that credit of having all the titles too. You know, and right. uh, yeah, it was crazy. And a lot of times, they don't even recognize that, or or the fact that they would not recognize any wrestler, you know, that came in before their wrestling careers. It was Ric Flair was the first wrestler. That they've actually recognized his past, right? Right. Up until <laughs> so again, <laughs> it was a big deal. It was a huge deal, and like you said, for me also, Ric Flair was a was a magazine champion, a guy yep. exact same. And I like because after a while, I got tired of seeing the same Hogan match over and over again, and Ric Flair was just like this antihero, and you just became such a. I just I started liking heels, and then I started liking the Horseman, mm -hmm. and then I started liking Ric Flair, and then. You know, and eventually Ric Flair came, and then eventually Bret Hart came into his own, and then Bret Hart became my favorite, and now it's like, you know, Bret Hart and Ric Flair are my favorites of, and Hogan are like my favorites of all time. So, well, you know, people just don't realize that it, like, it's one of those things, you know, you tell my back in my day, like the whole kids don't get the, that excitement stuff. Like Rick, when Ric Flair came, I remember the WWF magazine, the, the front cover was a picture of Ric Flair in a chair, looking over his shoulder. And it just said, Ric Flair, Hulkamania's Nightmare. Yeah. Or whatever. In the, in the worst Nightmare. In the director's seat. Yeah. He was yeah. In the and it was that seat. beautiful thing where there, here's a guy that's coming in, and you know right away that he is super important. Yeah. Like they didn't try to hide the fact that he'd been a champ, like you're saying. It was beautiful. That no. was, a, I guess, the start of that kind of a thing. Yeah. And then there was like, you know, and there was almost a chance where I remember like there was almost an overlapping of. You know the brainbusters were there, and then they were showing Rick. They were showing Rick Flair's belt, and you're like, thought, will the Horsemen ever be like united in the WWF? Because JJ Dillon was working behind the scenes, and you know, yeah. there's so many things. It's like ah, never, ha you know, never quite happened the way. It well, did. look at the the famous WrestleMania that was supposed to be Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, and yeah. then they switch it to Hogan Savage, and uh, you know, what, what what are you thinking? Yeah, well, I that was just when I they was, never I, gave us they never gave us what we wanted, and I don't know why they didn't do that. But the fact of the matter is, WCW gave it to us in what ninety ninety three or ninety four was the big Hogan Flair match that we'd finally yeah. been waiting for, and it was it was fine. It's a fine match, like you know. And but didn't uh, Flair was booking at that time? Was he not? I think so. And because he booked himself to get buried, basically, if I if memory serves me, Hogan basically had his way, which is what I thought was interesting, is that when Flair first came to the WWE, they kind of protected him. Like, when he was fighting his early fights with Hogan, the reason I mentioned that he'd, he'd probably beat Hogan by a DQ or a, a countout was I kept reading, like, basically on house cards, Flair yeah. wouldn't lose. He would either they'd get double counted out or Hogan get counted out, and it was a nice way of protecting him, and as soon as Hogan comes to WCW, he just runs right through, Hogan, right, right through Flair, and you're like, oh, come on. But that was the thing is, like, the WWE believed that Hulkamania was tarnished and dead, so in order to revive Hulkamania, you know you you have to have Hogan run through guys, you know in in WCW whether it be Vader and Flair and whoever else because he's Hulk Hogan, you know, and then eventually turning him was the most brilliant fucking thing in wrestling history. Oh, so it was so great. Like I, if I meet Hogan, it's always a, it's always do what do I wear? Do I wear red and yellow or do I wear? The black and white, and I've decided I'm probably going to wear NWO black and white. 
Um, if it I don't think there's ever been a bigger I, of all the shows I saw, like right through like the '80s shows, right through to the like the height of like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and all that. I don't think anything compares to the height of Hulkamania. It was absolutely like at least in Maple in Toronto, like Maple Leaf Gardens when Hogan came out, it was just total chaos. Yeah. The likes no, of which I've never seen. I remember uh, I've seen Hogan wrestle three times in the heyday, and every time, you know, it was crazy, and it's just like a different type of crazy now, because now yeah. it's like I call them Pavlov pops, because you're you're like trained like a Pavlovian dog to respond to the glass breaking of Stone Cold Steve Austin, right. like to the as soon as the music comes on, you're you're trained. To just get up out of your seat and jump up and cheer. That's the way it is now. But that it seemed to me, Real American is the first song that made you do that. Like, as soon yep. as you heard the, like, that opening riff, you knew what was happening. And you were excited. And, and, uh, and you watch those old Coliseum videos. And people are, like, people are all cheering now in, like, together. But you watch yep. those Coliseum videos. There are people going fucking nuts. <laughs> nuts like Beatles nuts that's why it was a mania you know there was no you know there was Beatles mania and then Hulkamania those were the first two manias so you know it was uh, it was like that that's why it was so anyways with that said uh, we're pretty much we've hit an hour already so oh, wow. yeah it goes by quickly uh, yeah so we'll wind this down uh, what do you have coming up wrestling wise? What do you have coming up comedy wise? And where do you want the people to see you? Well, I mean, I don't really care. You know, <laughs> social media stuff and all that. Hate all that crap. But live wise, this weekend I'm playing um, the Rose Theater in Brampton. The there we crack go. Me up, crack me up comedy festival. And actually tonight I'm playing, but I guess this won't go out. But tonight it's uh, Darren Frost and Kenny Robinson doing their rank and file show in Brampton. And I'm doing yeah. a spot for that i just had that Other show that, in been... my uh, i just i run a venue up in the ottawa valley and i just had the rank and vile where uh not the last show i did but two shows ago and it was great so yeah it's a fun oh, show yeah. oh yeah they're great so yeah that kind of stuff comedy wise uh wrestling wise you'll find me watching my new japan app yeah. <laughs> quite a lot uh, fucking minora Suzuki, man i asked ken so shamrock good. about minora suzuki and he didn't want to talk about him <laughs> well, I've heard so much, like, whatever. You know, you hear all these stories. But yeah. wrestling-wise, out of the whole G1 thing, he wasn't even in the tournament. But I couldn't get over him. He's just so unbelievably Crazy. great. Yeah, yeah love it's him. Just love him. Pure menace. You know, he can be completely menacing or funny. It's wonderful. He's somebody I would not want to run into in an airport. Like, I just, uh, he's, he actually frightens me. Like, I just, when the world's <laughs> most dangerous man says... I don't want to talk about him. You know, that to me says yeah. you don't fuck with Minoru Suzuki, you know? So, well, we didn't even talk about this. Now you're bringing up Shamrock, and I'm thinking Impact Wrestling. Have you watched that? Oh, yeah. I watch Impact Wrestling quite a bit, yeah. Is he, now, Shamrock That's is improved. he... It, it, it's Ever since Anthem bought it, Anthem is a Canadian billionaire company, and uh, they bought Impact. And just since last year, it's gotten better. But, oh. um, but losing... Pentagon and Phoenix uh, yeah. was tough for them, but they still have like Brian Cage is is insane. Tessa Blanchard's fantastic. Sammy Callahan is great. They still have a, like a solid roster of solid acts, but they just lost LAX as well uh, to AEW. Yeah, that's a sad. AEW has like you know they went around and like you know they pretty much screwed New Japan and Ring of Honor at the same time, and now and then they took a lot of talent from Impact. Um, I wish they'd take the Heart Foundation, uh, the new Heart Foundation on MLW, uh, yeah. because Teddy Hart is wrestling great again, and uh, and Davy Boy Smith Jr. is just fantastic, and Brian Pillman Jr. as well. And I just, uh, I don't know, I just I want more for those guys because I think they all deserve it. But uh, that, that might happen though. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Like MGF works with them all down in MLW, which is on YouTube. Uh, major league wrestling and it's a yep. good product that you can just watch whenever it's very it's an hour long it's good so with that said uh yeah and uh so yeah the brampton theater rose theater 
uh, this weekend, Crack Me Up Comedy Festival. Go see Terry Clement. And uh, thank you for listening to us here on Talking Wrestling. Thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 